0: Waiting for Seconds is a podcast that talks about subjects of self-harm, suicide, eating disorders, and other personal topics. If you don't feel comfortable listening to this podcast alone, listen to it with someone important to you. May that be a teacher, a parent figure, or someone else you feel comfortable being with.
1: This is Waiting for Seconds, the interview podcast where we meet people and ask them who they are and why they are. I'm Shannon Miller, and I'm here with my buddy Malcolm, and today we will be talking with Austin, but not my brother Austin. Um, Go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Hey everyone, Uh, the name is Austin, 23 years old, New York, born and raised. Uh, your, uh, Your tech support friend and Star Wars Encyclopedia.
3: Hell oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Star Wars Encyclopedia, I can back that up.
0: I've helped you with tech um, before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you work in tech, but like, I, you've never helped.
3: Have you helped me with tech?
0: Probably. Maybe. Anyway, uh, yeah, i met Austin a couple of years back now through a, another group of online friends. Uh, we were originally introduced <laughs> through playing a and d game together. Uh, and though that game has ended, we have uh, continued playing a couple other games and, you know, just vibing. Hanging out in general. So uh, we brought you on today to s- ask some questions, Austin. Uh, I'm here to answer them. And I think I actually want to start with the most prominent thing. Uh, we hear all three of us play tabletop RPGs. Yeah, I've
2: played for about ten years.
1: Hell yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's a uh, lot and- longer than I, and probably I- Malcolm
0: i also happen to know that you are creating your own system yes you have helped me with that immensely yeah sure
3: <laughs> oh, wow <laughs>
0: um i want to talk about why you play tabletop rpgs like is it just an escapism as i know it is for a lot of people or is it more of like a like a passion project and creating it and making and running games
2: so okay D was an escape for me uh like I said, I've been playing it since I was 14, because I'm turning uh-huh. 24 soon. And while it was always about escapism and also creativity, because I'm planning on going into the game design industry anyway, what better way to get your foot in the door than DMing? Because that's just practice for making your own game, essentially. You have the rule set, but you decide what goes. Uh, I would say that it is a mix of that, but also the idea of creating something like obviously I have no critical role, but I'd like to think that I can make something
0: decent. So it's a started as escapism, but has evolved almost to be something, you know, something more than that.
2: Yes. But I would also say that the escapism part is still there. Like we all have our bad days. Mm Um, that's
0: interesting. Uh, I I would love to ask a little bit more about the system in particular, and the actual, like, this might be me being a nerd, but I want to know more about the creation process. Like, what, from building a system from ground to top, what did that look like for you?
2: Oh, God, I remember, because I started making it when I was 14, when I first got into Dungeons & Dragons. It was horrible. <laughs> in the first few iterations, it was bad. Um, uh, but eventually, as I got older and started to find more things, it's like I played pretty much all of the big Star Wars tabletop systems, like Star Wars 5e. I've played uh, Star Wars Saga Edition, uh, Fantasy Flight games. They're all great in their own right and have great things about them. And I'm not going to sit here and say that they're bad. But I am trying to make the most in-depth. System that there is, mostly by combining Knights of the Old Republic, which was based off of D and D three point five, D and D three point five, and Pathfinder and Star Wars sagas, because Star Wars sagas was based off of Pathfinder, and pathfinders was based off of three point
0: five, and all leads back to that. Everything feeds back into three point five, but all these
1: But it is it is a Star Wars uh, role playing game. Yes. Are you creating like your own classes for that? Like, how does that how does that work? Well, I'm
2: and as far as how it works. Uh, classes are considered. I basically am dividing it up into categories right now. There's force user classes, which I took inspiration from KOTOR, which are the main three schools of thought of a force user, which is lightsaber force or lightsaber focus, force focus, and then focus on neither but good at both which Knight, or not Knight, which guardian, Consular, and Sentinel, respectively. And then non-Force user classes, I'm taking Inspiration from again KOTOR, but also Pathfinder, because Pathfinder, in my opinion, has a very nice, robust class system. Mm-hmm. And also getting racial classes figured out, because there would be some that are tied to your race, and also figuring out uh, Figuring out prestige classes because once you hit level fifteen, which is a rule from Kotor, you go into a prestige class. So getting all those figured out because every class now needs two prestige classes. So I need to have double the amount of prestige classes as I do classes, excluding racial classes. There's going to be a lot.
1: So as you're as you're working with this, are you making more notes, more bigger ideas? Are you even changing, uh, like? Previous notes or previous ideas?
2: Oh yeah, this thing has been gone through the grinder and has come out completely different more than once. I'm finally starting to hit stable versions that I'm happy with.
1: How what what percentage do you think you are through the making of this uh, role playing game? Ooh, that, that's
2: tough. What percentage do I think I'm through? <laughs> oh god, there's so much that I still have to do on it. I'd say I'm I'm gonna be generous and say. About anywhere between 15 to
1: 20%. Holy crap. You got your work work cut out for you, really.
2: Yeah, like, I only got the first, like, 100-ish races figured out.
1: 100?
2: Ish. A little bit more. Oh my gosh. Not to mention genetic mutations, Sith spawning, uh, being a clone is a thing that I recently put in there. Like, it's a lot. Uh,
0: And I will say with a system like this, like, I mean we've all kind of seen it recently with D&D 5e, Uh, you're going to keep releasing new shit. Even if everything is wrapped and finished and in a published state, more things are going to come out that add a couple new interesting things or some more interesting lore. Like, a project like this is rarely finished. Because even if it's done and wrapped and perfectly functional, it's hard to step away from.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, I know I'm going to be making this for a long time. Like, God, I haven't even done the use on expansion. And also, for, <laughs> legal reason, for legal reasons, I am stating I'm not making money off this Disney. Please do not sue me.
0: It's no money, it's a pra- passion project, and etc., cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Hopefully none of that needs to be said, but it's Disney.
1: It's if we ever get that big.
0: Yeah, or um, if they randomly stumble upon it or something.
1: Do you are you giving yourself a time limit when you want to release like a beta or like an alpha version? Publicly release?
2: Uh, no time limit. I will do it when I'm ready, and I'd probably just do a huge Reddit thread about it.
1: That's fair. That's the fastest way it's going to travel around these days.
2: And if it goes well online, you can actually use projects like that as a start of a portfolio.
1: Ooh, that's that's creative, which
2: a lot of and I'm trying to get into game design, specifically lore design and game mechanics. I'm not a programmer by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, a degree to a lot of companies says on paper, I can do this. A portfolio says I can and have done it.
1: Does it does it feel like your child, like you you've worked so many hours on this, like. Does, is it really an like emotional project for you?
2: Yeah, honestly. Um, like, I've had to sit down and realize that when I ask people for help and they give me answers I don't like, that I have to like realize I'm the one that asked in the first place. And if I wasn't ready to take criticism, I shouldn't have asked at all. Goodness. But at the same time, a lot of those things that people shot down, we re- reworked and refined to make better to work. Like, I literally have made entire game mechanics work because I got pissed that people didn't like it. <laughs> so, like, fuck it. If it's a, I could curse out here, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. we don't give a so shit. I like, so I was like, fuck it. And I just decided to make some of these mechanics better. i could be like, I'm going to show them. I'm going to make it work, and they're going to like it.
1: <laughs> so, that being said, with what we know about your project now, where do you want to see either you or your project in the next five years?
2: Well, hopefully in the next five years the Reddit post is out there. uh, Because I want to consider the baseline finished upon what I release.
1: Like have a beta out.
2: Yeah, the beta for me would be when classes and races are done in balance. I'm currently revamping how combat works entirely and how force powers work. Uh, Magic, there is magic in Star Wars revamping how that's going to play out.
0: Yeah, magic that isn't the Force, but... The Force is
2: just the most roundabout way. Uh
0: Uh-huh, yeah. It's all kind of the Force, but... (laughs) Yeah.
1: Now, what about you yourself? Where would you like to be in five years?
2: Well, honestly, hopefully I'm out of my current job and somewhere better in five years. Uh hopefully living with my girlfriend and not my parents, because by then I'd be 28 or 29, (laughs) actually. God, I'd be my girlfriend's age now. (laughs) So hopefully I'd be living with her uh, out of Best Buy. Not that Best Buy was bad to work, just need to move on to something better.
0: Yeah, spent your time there. It's time to find new horizons.
2: Also, considering the fact that I'm the part-timer there of three years, and I'm now the most
3: senior salesperson. <laughs> God.
0: And you're
1: just a part-timer? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because I'm also going to school. It's not like I like oh. I didn't
2: want full-time.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. You're going to school for, like, computers? Yeah?
2: No, actually. Uh, I'm going to school for getting an English major, specifically in literature. Oh, uh, hmm. Because the idea is if I'm going to be a lore designer for a game, I need to know how to write good lore to begin with.
0: yeah, gonna write the hell out of the lore before it's lore
2: right. Like my dream position, I don't know the official corporate name for it, but it would be a lead lore designer. would be like <laughs> my like off, like though it's so nice because I can sit down with the mission designers, the environmental designers, uh, the story writers and basically tell them, all right, this is what I'm thinking we need to do. (laughs) Do
0: you have any place in mind? Like, would you be trying to work with Disney and Star Wars? Or is that just, you want to write some more? End of story.
1: Ooh, good question. I want to be behind
2: video games. Now, I always, always would love to work on Star Wars. But the problem is, Disney took Star Wars in a direction that I can't sit here and agree with. And I have a feeling I would be buried under all the big names trying to do shit
3: before I could get my thoughts out. Too many people there to make it.
1: Would you love to, like, create the new lore for Star Wars, though?
3: So, there'd
2: be a very simple thing I would do. There there would be a few things I'd add to the lore that I think would be really cool. Yeah. But 99% of what I would do is get rid of Disney's canon and reinstate Legends. There's only a couple pieces from Disney I would keep, and that's very few and far between.
3: (coughs) Oh, sorry.
1: Legends is the the comic, yeah? the old The Legends, Star Wars Legends, that's the old Dark Horse
0: comic?
2: That's part of it. Uh, Legends is now anything that isn't Disney canon. So
0: anything that came in Star Wars stuff that isn't like the nine movies and a couple of specific things they approve of.
2: Right. That's all Legends. So, Not sure. I would be getting rid of Disney Cannon, reinstating Legends, keeping one or two things from Disney Cannon, <clears throat> calling it there. Like, I would keep Rogue One, but I would make it a lot darker because of the Legends version was a whole lot darker. Mm. Uh, like, Red Hand Squadron. Spoilers to anybody that hasn't read the comic. Uh, Red Hand Squadron was on the planet getting the Death Star plans. They got them off-world, but the problem was, was that they had no way out. So it was just them fighting for days, knowing they were going to die, and some of them uh, rode down the suicide slide at the end mm. to avoid getting <laughs> captured. Like, it got dark, and I would have kept Rogue One and given it a little bit more of a spin on it like that.
0: Yeah, that's I think cool. that would have been an interesting ending, but uh, probably a lot less marketable. Um, yeah, I don't really... I, I've never really gotten there removing of, le- of lore and, like, in programming removing functionality is the biggest bad that you can do. It's just, like, taking away fun- functionality from a program is just stupid. It's never... Like, it, obviously, unless the functionality is breaking things, and it just hurts the the element, the final design. Mm-hmm. And that just feels like what they did, like, maybe it simplifies it a little bit, but if you want simplified Star Wars, like, it's there already. Watch nine movies and you're done.
1: But they're not even great movies.
0: Well.
3: I not all of them are great.
1: I, I still say Episode Five, Empire Strikes Back is still in my top movies list, but that's just me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I never, like, I, I didn't really get into star Wars at a young enough age that it feels like it was super something big for me. Like they're good movies. And I mean, the prequels look amazing and the the original trilogy has a great story and pretty damn good acting too. Like, but they're just not fundamental to me in the same way that like a Princess Bride is. Gotcha.
1: Princess Bride is so good though.
0: Or it
3: is so real. good.
2: You killed my father I had to die.
3: <laughs> Mellage. twoo uh, I got a question.
0: Shoot. So, this whole uh working part-time at best buy, well getting educated, well making a system and I mean, at least running a game for me, if not more games at any given time. That sounds stressful as hell. How do you manage that stress? Like, I know a lot of people... Go ahead, I'll just let you talk.
2: Work is a stressor uh, for many reasons. Mm. But I always enjoy running the Star Wars games. Uh, Like, running all the games that I run, I love them all. Um. I very much enjoy uh, working on the system. Mm. Like, that's all stuff I love. And school, it's like, it can be stressful, but like, it's like, hey, dumbass, finish that paper and submit it, and then (laughs) you're good.
0: So it's not even really like, there's just the one big stress element, and then a number of good ways to relieve stress. And then, I mean, school can be stressful if you're bad at it, but... Presumably, you're submitting papers on time, so you're pretty good at it. Have you ever had any big, like, maybe back when you were in high school? I know, at least for me, high school was very stressful, and I had to find some really, uh, in many cases, not healthy ways of dealing with stress. Was that ever a problem for you? Okay, so
2: sad story now. (laughs) (laughs) So, high school was probably one of my darkest times, mentally. Mm -hmm. Uh my hands are actually still scarred. I didn't cut myself, but I thought drywall was a fun thing to smash my hand through. <laughs> uh, trigger warning, blood. But um, I one time swiped my arm. Instead of going through the drywall, my arm skinned across it, and drywall's a rough surface.
0: Oof.
2: You don't know the yes. kind of reality check you get when you're wiping your own skin and blood off the wall. Uh, I had multiple... like I. Th- To be truthful, I got diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and paranoia. And it got bad. Uh, I truthfully tried to off myself once, and my mom walked in the middle of it. Which, the way I was going to do it in my made sense at the time, but looking back, it would have been very messy
3: and very painful. (laughs) Now, I...
2: I remember talking to my guidance counselor, and I was admitted to a hospital, uh, St. Vincent's, actually. I did outpatient for six days because they didn't think I needed inpatient. So it was a thing of just... They, they did the best they could. Uh, my parents did the best they could, too, though having your kid go through that, it's obviously wasn't easy for them either. Uh, got put on meds that I've been taking since, and they... Well, the second med that they gave me worked. And had the same therapist ever since
0: and it actually is all working out. Mm. A good, good therapist can do wonders.
3: Yeah. It, funny enough, I'm seeing her tomorrow. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, and uh I'm I'm very glad that you did have people there for you. Like that's a... a it can be a very hard thing to go through. Especially when you know, a a hospital like that doesn't really see it as a problem.
2: Well, they saw it as a problem, obviously, but like, you shouldn't be doing that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, I'd love to get on a little bit of a lighter note here at the end of that. Uh, Fair enough. You mentioned that you had a girlfriend. I want to know a little bit more. So, we've talked before about, like, the concept of a man having to push a relationship forward, which is a concept that people have expressed some dismay over in the past. Uh, Is that something that you see, too? Like, that you, as the man in a relationship, have to be the forward mover? So,
2: no,
3: actually.
2: Uh, So, funny enough, while I didn't make the first move, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say, quote-unquote, she's been very, very much about... Sorry, I'm still sick. Um, She's been very, very open about doing new things and going through stuff. Like, she honestly is doing very well, and, like, I, that was a weird way to say it, but she she definitely pushes things forward, too. It's not just a me thing, luckily.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, hmm. Most of my relations has been like that, but not this one.
0: That's something you have experienced before, though, right? Is that something that you enjoy doing? Or is that something that you're, you know, find yourself being forced into the role of
2: I'm fine doing it like if it if that's how it was I wouldn't be upset by it but it's a nice change of pace I'll tell you that <laughs> I
1: imagine it's a lot nicer when like both people are kind of collaborating and like thinking about things to, to do together
0: that kind of a relationship being a, a group effort is a really valuable moving force
1: Where did you get that from? Is it, was it from your parents or like teacher or somebody important? How did you learn to, to push a relationship forward?
3: So
2: honestly, if you knew me in high school, which I'm not saying this is a brag, by the way, I'm not saying I'm proud of this. I'm just saying this is how I was in high school. A lot of people that knew me could attest I had a new girlfriend every week. Mm. Mm. Me making a move and pushing the relationship forward was just how I did things. And that's just, it wasn't something I learned. I think it was just something that I did. And yeah, like, that's just kind of how, I guess, uh, if you see Rick and Morty, and that's the way the news goes. Like, (laughs) it's just how I always was.
0: So that feels more of like an ingrained personality being that you've always been the forward mover rather than yeah. something that you've been taught or learned.
2: Now, to give you an idea, my parent, my father is far from a misogynist,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: he also had some traditional views that he gave me. Keep in mind, my father's in his 60s, so, like, the dude is always the one that pays, hold the door open, the sidewalk rule, etc.
1: Mm-hmm sidewalk rule
2: the sidewalk rule so if you have your girlfriend and you're walking on the sidewalk you're supposed to be the one closer to the road
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. i don't remember that and do you uh, learn that mostly from your parents you know, mostly from your dad
2: mostly from my father uh my mom also agreed with my dad on most of those points so but it's it's just how that kind of went um like, I, again, not bragging. I am the type to pay, hold door open, etc. Also, like my father, and unlike my mother, I am also very much a romantic.
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
0: Yeah, and as long as you're okay with it, and the people who you're, uh, you know, being with are okay with it, like it's a, a very can be very healthy relationship, one way or another.
2: I'm actually your healthiest relationship.
0: Well, you know, I'm happy for you.
3: Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I would like to, uh, you mentioned that your your uh, dad uh, was very, I presume, maybe this is an incorrect presumption, uh, was very close to you and impart to impart that wisdom to you.
2: Okay, so sad story again.
0: Oh, all right.
2: Uh, slap another trigger warning on this episode. I'm sorry. Uh, all good. Me and my father didn't get close until I was, like, 22. Or not
3: 22, 21. 21. Hold on. Doing that. 21. I, I'm not going to sit here,
2: right, at all and say that my father was abusive. I, I refuse adamantly to say that. Hmm. But I'm also going to say he didn't treat me the best when I was a kid. There was a lot of yelling A lot of narcissism and passive aggression, etc. Straight-up aggressiveness. Uh, He used the fact that I was scared of him for a while against me.
3: Mm.
2: And he was so upset when I wasn't scared of him anymore. I still remember that conversation. Um, But it legitimately wasn't until he almost died was when he actually turned around because my mother slapped separation of papers in front of him right after he got back from the hospital and said, you need change, or once you recover, you're gone.
0: That's a good way to kick change into gear, but
3: it's, uh, it's a little harsh. That can it be...
2: was. But the thing she told him was, uh, start with a relationship with your kids. Uh, because my brother barely talks, him. So my sister doesn't like him. Uh, and... I still live at home, so I've kind of seen my dad change into an actual, like, decent person. Mm. Uh, But, again, I've only seen that decent person for three years now. Not the other 21 that was in my life.
1: Is it important to you to have a relationship with your father?
2: Now it is. If you asked me that question three years ago, the answer would have been absolutely not.
0: That's a really, that's an impressive turnaround that he made. To be able to, I mean, get his life into gear and, at very least, get good with one of his uh, one of his kids.
2: Yeah, I mean, he had a wake up call when he almost died. because uh, mm-hmm. he was going into renal failure at the hospital. By the time the ambulance got him there, the doctor legitimately said to him, "If I can't turn this around, you have about an hour."
3: Ooh. Hmm. Makes you think, Mm -hmm. yeah, it really does. So, he's a good person now, like legitimately.
2: Like I still remember when I uh, was—I think I was nineteen—when we almost came to blows in the kitchen. Like that was that was time. Well, sorry, my my life is really dark. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, 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 it's
1: okay. We're we're just wanting to like let you talk and Uh just so we can understand it a little bit more.
0: Yeah. That's the idea even if it's dark and a little bit tough like we want to hear what you want to say no matter what it is. And if that's Star Wars trivia, so be it. And if that's personal stories, happy with that too. I just
2: all my whole thing was just like I'm also not trying to make it sound like oh what was me in my life. Like there were definitely people that are harder harder than me. Like my father never hit me ever. And I know people have it way worse. So, like, I I am not trying to uh, have a sob story here. And yeah. you hear me blowing my nose again, because I'm sick. I'm not crying.
0: <laughs> well, I do want to ask you, then, uh, about your father. How, I mean, obviously you didn't have a good relationship to him if you came to blows, but... We almost did. We didn't, luckily. Almost came to blows. Yes, I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> Was there like always a familial relationship there? Did that still feel like family in the way that maybe it does today, or maybe your relationship with your brother or sister better does?
2: So, me and my, I'm going to be honest. Me and my brother weren't really close. Both my brother yeah. and sister are both half-brother and sister. Oh, okay. Uh, mm. My sister's on my mom's side. My brother's on my dad's side. My brother lived in Maine, and I'm born and raised in New York. So, I grew up with my sister. Me and her are really close. Like, whenever she comes down to visit, we go to bars together and things like that. Like, I'm very much
3: into the bar scene. But. Yeah. uh, So, me and my sister are really close. Me and my brother, like, we
2: get along. Like, we have nothing bad to say about each other. We just were never that close. My brother was actually closer to my mom than to me.
0: So, I mean, obviously, then the, like, for a familial relationship, the blood. Maybe isn't the most important. Is there other people that you see as family, if that's the correct term to describe it, uh, that you have such a close relationship with, who maybe you feel are even closer
3: than your your brother or father used to be? Oof.
2: Oh, so what I would say as far as that is like, there's a lot of familial. There's a lot of terms that aren't familial that I feel uh-huh. like describe how close someone is like uh, a really good friend of mine I've had since high school Nick. like I view him like a brother Mm -hmm. Uh, and also like the term uncle or aunt doesn't need to be familial hell I have a person at work who's a fair bit older than me who I who I affectionately call my work dad like (laughs) it's just like those people are all family to me even though I have no blood relation to any of them you pick your family, truthfully. As, like, I'm one of those people, you can tell I'm not from the South. Uh, you, you can pick your
3: family. Um, like, I recently chose to do that with my father. Uh, well, three years ago.
2: Always thought that way about my mom, my sister, and my brother. Like, even though me and my brother aren't close, I defend him to the end, honestly. Uh I have a racist uncle that I just distance myself from because obvious reasons. Yeah. So, yeah, like, fa- like family to me isn't
0: blood.
1: That's the people you surround yourself with. You choose to be considered family. Bingo. Bingo bango. Ha, ta, ta I I do want to ask a little bit more about your yours and your dad's relationship. Sure. Besides. Um, him being very close to to death. How did you desire that relationship with your father?
3: I didn't.
2: Uh, I I didn't for like truthfully, even after he said he was going to change. I I still didn't. Like I was waiting to see if it was just all like a temporary thing. Like I was like you know I'm gonna give this time before I let my, really let my guard down around him. Um, like. I, truthfully, the my idea was once I moved out, I was just gonna probably do what my brother did. And which was just only talk to him when I come by. Or call him and let him know I'm coming by. Like, that was gonna be about it. Uh, Like, but then after he changed up, like, oh my god. <laughs> I don't feel like I have to rush to move out now. <laughs> so, I never desired that relationship with him because of the amount of resentment
3: I had towards him. Hmm. Uh, so I didn't really desire
2: it until I was 22, a year after he said he was going to change, and did. After a year, I was like, okay, I don't think this is just a two-week thing anymore.
0: Uh, what did that change look like for him? Assuming that you, it's not too personal, like
2: no, uh
0: the narcissism
2: part was gone <laughs> mm. uh That's... Ang- the angry and hating the world thing was gone um the inconsiderateness was also gone Like he actually helped me change my girlfriend's uh headlights in her car and her wiper blades. Mm. back then he wouldn't know. uh he is active now and wanting to help me get my license. Like, I think that's the last, like, I guess, adolescent thing I have that he could do with me. uh Because I started drinking without him. Uh, he didn't buy me my first drink when I was 21. Uh, so, he didn't get that. He didn't get the learner's permit when I got that. He didn't get Me hang out, like me doing much in terms of my adolescence, he didn't get any of that. So that's like the last thing that he can do with me. As far as like stuff like I would have done when I was younger. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. So it's a lot of like fixing behaviors and trying to do some of those things that he's missed out on.
2: Yeah. And actually like trying to take part in it. Like he taught me how to fight with knives, he taught me how to fight with my swords and my axe. Um, If it's not a gun, I can work with it. (laughs) Uh, Give me a blade, I I got you. Uh, (laughs) But that's all stuff he wouldn't have done back then. Truthfully, I didn't think he'd make that change, or if he did, I didn't think it would last. But he's actually a good person. I think he feels better too, because he's not like brooding all the time or (laughs) anything like that
0: that positive change has ended up being positive for everyone.
2: Yeah, like, even my sister, who, like like I said, didn't like him, she still has her guard up around him because she hasn't lived with him or hasn't seen it happen.
3: Mm-hmm. But, like, she's seen right.
2: the aftermath, and she's like, oh my god, it's like mm-hmm. a different person.
0: That's really yeah. nice to hear. That concept that people can change, like... Even the idea that somebody who is fucked and unkind can become better is sometimes hard for me because I see it as like you still have some of that same person in there but like it feels to me like people like your father prove that that is nothing prove that you truly can become better
2: yeah he did like I like hell like his biggest advice was his drinking uh he wouldn't get like super belligerent, but you, but you mm-hmm. can tell after he's had a few. I can count on my hand on one hand the amount of times I've seen him drink in the past three years. Wow,
1: that's that's a really big step for for somebody.
2: And mm-hmm. he would, used to be a six pack a day guy. Yeah,
1: right. Come home from work, grab a beer from the fridge, grab five more. Yeah,
2: actually up- got it, got it on the nose <laughs> now. He also drank light beer, which is disgusting.
0: Yeah. So thank God that that's changed.
2: Yeah, thank God I don't have liquid piss now.
0: <laughs> um, I say liquid piss, I meant spiked piss. Oh, I mean it is liquid. You're right about that. Yeah, it's liquid either way.
1: Since we're going with this theme of uh, a little bit of family and uh, like how we learn to to be better, what do you think is is more important, nature or or nurture?
2: So that's tough. So, and the reason I say that's a tough question is because when I was at that really low and really dark point in high school,
3: some of that was nature, because depression runs in my mom's family. My sister had it. Um, So that, that I always, like, say was nature. Hmm. I think
2: the anxiety, some of it was nature. Not to the extent that I did have it, but part of it was, I definitely think. I think the paranoia and part of the anxiety was nature because of my father. Because he would get loud. He would yell. Uh, he would... He would yell, throw things. Never throw anything at me. I want to make that like clear. But
3: hmm.
2: he would yell, throw things, et cetera. and... I always felt like I had to look over my shoulder with him. So I think at least a part of the anxiety and the paranoia was Nate was nurture. I think the depression and some of the anxiety was nature. So for me to say one's more important than the other, I, I can't. But I can definitely see the merits to both.
3: What Sorry are those merits?
2: Awesome. Um People what how what people say, how they see it, how they treat you. Especially if it's repetitive in a day in, day out thing, that will affect you in the long run. Like it took fourteen years for it, for me to reach that point, but it will affect you. As far as nature is concerned, that also has to that's also very important because nature I'm defining as like genetics, things like that.
1: Uh huh. Right. How you naturally are
2: right. That's also going to play a part, because how you naturally are is how you're going to react to everything else, including the nurture
1: So it's almost like there's this yin yang push and pull thing about nature and nurture, yeah,
2: I would definitely describe it as a yin yang because if you don't have one, you're kind of fucked <laughs> like
1: I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've ever heard that opinion on all these episodes. Usually, most people fall under nurture or nature but to to look at both and like respect both I I really like that. Mhm. I
0: do too. So. I like that I often look at it as like nature is innately inferior to nurture but uh, no you're absolutely right
3: like they are not separable. Right. And how I got
2: to some of these ideas. My father actually did martial arts way back in like the eighties. And his Sifu was very, I guess the term would be philosophical, spiritual, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So uh, I am, I'm not going to sit here and tell you (coughs) that I'm like Socrates here, but I definitely have thought about stuff.
0: Yeah. I really like that take that those are just, to even, and maybe this is exaggerating your words a little bit, but it's the way I'm thinking about it. To even separate them is kind of absurd because you cannot, one simply cannot exist without the other, and viewing one in isolation is short-sighted.
2: Yeah, like they're two sides of the same coin would be how I'd word it.
3: Uh
1: huh. Right now, using using this idea of uh, yin and yang it's it's more it seems more spiritual. Are you religious anyway in in any way, or um do you believe in like karma or anything specific?
3: so this is actually something my
2: college professor asked me. Uh, <laughs> we had to write a paper about mixed relationships, whether it was uh religious, racial, or anything else. Mm. My parents are mixed religion right uh my mother is christian or catholic she's some denomination there yes one of them I, t- I can tell you which one she's not i couldn't tell you which
3: one she is. <laughs> uh, my father's a buddhist oh my sister is a druid <laughs>
2: hell yeah i'm an atheist my college professor looked at me when I said that and said, well, I guess that didn't turn out well, did it? <laughs> <laughs> i exposed to three wildly different ideas. Yeah. I chose to believe none of them.
0: I mean, that's an understanding that I have of like, okay, a lot of people believe a lot of different things. I'm, it's just all bullshit. I don't care.
2: <laughs> like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't find the idea of religion interesting, but mm. that just mean I believe it. Like, my girlfriend's very much into the whole crystals thing and astrology. Yeah. Which, again, I, I find very interesting as a topic,
3: but I don't believe it. Like, she actually left a bag of crystals in my room before she left today. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand
2: the thought behind it, and I understand the significance of giving people crystals. So, like, obviously I treat them well, but and I do what you're supposed to do, I guess, is would be the term to use, but...
3: I'm not going to sit here and say I believe in it. I respect it, and I will show respect to it. But I'm not like
2: one of those keyboard warrior online atheists that are borderline anti-theists. like, no.
1: (laughs) Do you... uh... Oh, I just had it. Damn it.
2: (laughs) Uh, Did it have to do with the term anti-theist, keyboard warrior, atheist? No. No,
1: okay, I'm back. Uh, Does... Do you have to have a reason like behind things though, as in like, do you try and look at the science of crystals and maybe why like people believe in it or does, does something have to make sense, um, in your brain for like certain way people do things via religion? Like I know, uh, my buddy Adam, he was on here, uh, a couple episodes ago. He kind of believes this, the sciencey way of Christianity, it's, he likes to have a reason behind certain things that involve Christianity. Are, would you consider yourself, like, the same situation where you need to have a reason behind something?
2: So, I need something to be ground. I guess the term would be grounded in, not grounded in that, reality, because that sounds demeaning, but. No, no that makes
1: sense. Grounded is the right word. That's the word I was missing.
2: Right, yeah. I was saying grounded in reality isn't like a good way to frame it, but I I need something to actually have like, I guess the term would be scientific facts behind it. That's the, I guess the nicest way I could put that sentence. Um, Like, do I think that there's science behind, I'm going to use the only crystal that I know of off the top of my head is white quartz. Uh, because my girlfriend left me some of that, and also has a twenty-five-pound brick of clear <laughs> quartz in her car. Uh, that crystal's supposed to promote healing, or that's the main thing it's supposed to do. Not mm. like I, I don't think like physical healing, but I think it's like a mental healing. Mm. Um, and you're supposed to cleanse crystals of like all the mm. negative energy you're putting into it, etc and you're supposed to do that with either with light preferably sunlight. Now, I don't think there's a science behind any of it, if I'm going to be honest. Do I find that whole concept and idea
3: really intriguing and interesting? Yes, absolutely, and I like learning about it. But that doesn't mean that I think that there's an actual like scientific fact behind it. Mm.
1: But you respect it's, it.
2: Exactly. Like, mm. I, I think to like wrap back to a previous topic, not that I'm trying to go back to one, it's just in general, I think equating my interest in that would be like, mm. and I've done this before, me explaining how the intricacy of how a blaster from Star Wars works to a gun nut. Like, <laughs> people that are really into guns would probably be very interested to hear about how thought, how the thought process was and how blasters work but that doesn't mean that they obviously think that I guess not real because they're not, but think that like, I, do you get what I'm getting at?
1: I get what you're saying though. Like it's, it's uh, in your brain. These, these ideas behind the crystals are, are made up almost as much as a blaster is, but it's fun to listen to the in- intricacies about what people believe in them.
2: Yeah. And how much thought actually went into it. Because, right. like, in that bag, like, there's so many in here, and I don't even know what they do, or <laughs> for. But I, I, I love the idea of them.
1: And there's not only significance to uh, you, but it's mostly the significance that your girlfriend had given them to you.
2: Yeah, and I know that, like, in the whole, I guess, world of crystals of spirituality, it, it's a big thing to give somebody crystals, at least I think it is. So obviously I'm gonna show respect to that.
0: So whatever the crystals do, it doesn't really matter because it was given to you by somebody you care about.
2: Right, and I know what that means in that belief. Huh. So
1: I... I will say I have high respect for, for your take on on religion and it's you you look at it you know it's there and you respect it and that's it you respect yeah. the people who believe in it including your parents i i just appreciate that and i i wanted to say that
3: thank
2: you um when you grow up around three wildly different religions and they all like despite obvious things with my father like everybody got along as far as religion was concerned no one cared that my sister was a druid no one cared that my dad was a buddhist no one cared that my mom was Catholic Christian whatever. And yeah, like, and I just thought that having wildly legitimately until I was like a teenager in high school, I'm going to be honest here, I thought people having radically different religions in their family was just normal. No one ever told me different and I no
3: that's one ever fair.
2: like displayed different. So I just thought that that's how it was. And then when I learned that most families only have one religion, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I had three in my house.
1: Did you ever practice any of the religions? I can't
2: say I practiced them. I've been to religious areas. I've been through religious things. Like, I've been to uh, bat mitzvahs. I've I've been to a bat mitzvah, not a bar mitzvah. In case anybody was going to question me on there. (laughs) I know the difference. Uh, But yeah, I was at a bat mitzvah before. I was at religious weddings before. Uh, religious funerals I've been to like I've always like been around like religious stuff it's just and once again I respect it now I kind of made a fool of myself when uh my great grandmother who was very catholic died and we had to do the cross with our hand on like your forehead up uh shoulders and stuff I had no clue what order of
3: operations was supposed to be done
1: (laughs) that's totally fair i there was a lot of things that I grew up with, the church and uh, the the Christian church, and there were so many things that I didn't exactly understand. And it's not a whole lot of in- intricacies, but I get where you're coming from in that.
3: Yeah,
2: I also learned that my mom had a... Not a hot take, I guess, but a unique take on Christianity also, which was interesting. Like, A, she's not a Bible thumper, thank God, but... She also reads the Bible a lot, like certain verses she'll read. Uh,
3: she also is very much like we celebrate Easter and Christmas and all that. And but she doesn't like the church,
2: which I thought was a really interesting thing because she just she find, she finds them
0: uh, too money grubby. So how does she do those kind of, I mean, does she go to church for Christmas anyway, or do you do like a little service at home? We
2: don't. Uh, oh. Period. Oh. Uh, we've never did the whole pray over the meal thing. We never did services at home or any of that. She was never really a church person. We've never been to church or anything like that.
0: Uh, She's a believer. She reads her Bible and believes it. That's where it what? ends.
2: Right. Like it, she did like the church because, she, again, she thought they got too money grubby. Mm. She liked what they stood for, didn't like that they didn't execute on it.
3: Mm. That feels very
1: familiar i'm 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 in the same take as your mom as. I'm not a big fan of church going.
2: Well, I also told my mom that' people like hers, the reason why the English church split off. I was just like people like you that cause
0: that <laughs> I got one last question for you Austin sure uh, I want to know about I mean I know that you like playing games uh, tabletops and video games I want to know what's your favorite of either of those favorite system favorite campaign that you've played in favorite story even
2: okay so favorite video game is hard I have three that are rolling around in my head right now. Tell us all of them. So, Stellaris, for one. That's a good one. Uh, loving the new DLC, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to try it.
2: Oh, so much fun. Uh, Stellaris, for one. Uh, Star Wars Empire at War is another one. I actually played that game competitively for a little bit. Uh, that was one of the best Star Wars RTSs that ever came out. Hmm. And then not the new one, but the 2008 Star Wars Battlefront 2.
1: Ah yeah. That was, that was another game. That it was, that was st- another
2: one I've played competitively. Oh really? Yes. Way way back when. Played that competitively when I was like seventeen.
0: Yeah. And how good you get?
2: Oh, I, I did pretty well. I, I'm not gonna tell you that <laughs> i won every tournament I was in, but I I had a very unique style of playing the sniper class. Hmm. Uh, what I would do is instead of hanging back camping and sniping and moving around in the back, I would be on the front line with the sniper rifle and I would sprint. And what happens is when you sprint, uh, if you take a shot you slow down, but then you just double tap again and start sprinting again. Mm-hmm. So I would just run up to people, barrel stuff them with the sniper and keep going.
0: Why would you need to aim down scopes?
2: Why do I need to aim down scopes if my rifle's already inside them?
0: I pointed at their head, and I left-click, <laughs> and then I go to somebody else.
2: Yeah. And that's how you get in the triple digits of kills.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. So, those
2: tournaments, those tournaments, though, were wild, because in those tournaments, uh, in the old school Battlefront 2, you could do 64 on 64.
3: Oh, Jesus Christ. It was oh 32 gosh. players
2: and 32 AI on each team.
0: Oh my god. That sounds truly so fun so chaotic
2: oh it was like and we would always take votes on what era we wanted to play because the different eras had different classes and mechanics like the imperial right. officer from mm-hmm. uh the galactic civil war he was nice like he wasn't the best class in my opinion but his buff of his damage buff that he could give all his allies is fun
3: mm-hmm.
0: um,
2: i usually opted for clone wars uh, I oh, yeah. very much love the Claw Wars.
3: I
0: uh, think Claw Wars was one of the best.
2: Some of the modded tournaments were goddamn crazy because one of the mods gave the droids a lore accurate sniper rifle, and the battle droid sniper rifle in lore was fully automatic.
0: Oh, God. Oh, my God. So you
2: just have a fully automatic sniper rifle that you could just pump fire down range.
0: <laughs> and when there's 64 people you could be aiming at, is hard to miss.
2: Right, so like it, I like it was during those where I could hang out in the back line because I would mm-hmm. just spray.
3: <laughs>
2: it was so fun. <laughs> uh,
0: I want to ask. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, you're a Star Wars man, right? Does that yes. apply to? Uh, it obviously also applies to Stellaris. Does that apply to other sci-fi stuff? Um, did you ever like? get into Star Trek, or... Battlestar Galactica? I
2: loved Galactica. Galactica is my second favorite in sci-fi series of all time. Uh, Like, specifically the reimagined one, but everybody sleeps on the prequel that they came up for, that Caprica. Hmm. Caprica showed you the creation of the Cylons, and like what happened that made them go rogue for the first Cylon War. And... The second, uh, like, the reimagined Battlestar Galactica I thought was really good. It got a little preachy in the end, in my opinion, but other than that, I loved it. Like, the nothing... There is no other courtroom scene that you can give me in fictional media that tops the trial of Gaius Baltar by the war tribunal, essentially, because of what happened on New Caprica. And Leah Adama's performance, especially having the lawyer actor that they did. Oh, who played that lawyer? I... Mark Shepard. He did fantastic.
1: I don't Uh, think I've seen enough of Battlestar Galactica to know whatever you just talked about and I'm sorry. Maybe the listeners know.
2: Have you seen the reimagined BSG?
1: No. I barely watched the original.
2: The original was good. Like... Uh, they actually reference the original many times in the new one, because the new one takes place after the first Cylon War.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of good stuff about Battlestar Galactica, that's one I, that I've meant to watch before, but I, I've never really been a big sci-fi guy, I'm much more of a fantasy lover. You that explains dee you like Star
2: Wars, because that's essentially science fantasy.
0: Yeah. Because it, <laughs> yeah. it's all bullshit, but... Uh, the guns make pew-pew noises.
2: Yes, and when you know why they make the pew-pew, it's like, oh. 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 <laughs> like how they make like what goes into it.
0: Well, now you got to tell. Why do they make the pew-pew noises?
2: Okay, so blasters were constructed with the idea of using uh, blaster gas charged up by an energy pack. So mm. you have two different things that you have to swap out of your blaster. Like, imagine a gun that needs two types of ammo to work. So. You have your energy pack and the gas. The gas is gonna cost you money, and the gas depending on the gas also depends on the color of the blaster bolt.
3: Mm. Uh,
2: oh, that makes a lot of sense. It does. Green gas is the most expensive, but also is the most deadly. Under that you have yellow and purple, which are on like the same level of lethality. Under that you have red, which is standard. And then under that, you have turquoise and orange, which are non-lethal shots. Now, when the blaster, uh, when you pull the trigger on a blaster, the gas cartridge emits some of the gas into the barrel or into the actuator, which gets heated up by the energy pack to the point where it becomes uh, hot to the point where it's plasma because plasma is just superheated gas. And that builds up a lot of pressure. The only way for the pressure to go is out the barrel so it pushes the blaster bolt out and now uh, you hit someone
0: and then what the heating is the pew or the like release of the the release of the pressure
1: is the
3: pew
1: huh it kind of makes sense with how like how they did the the cinematography for it well, uh, yeah,
2: i could hear the noise right because I can... go ahead Oh, because that's why the shots don't go at the speed of light. They're not lasers.
1: Right, Yeah, because they're plasma.
2: Yeah, superheated gas particles that just go new. They and... actually have
0: to travel through space.
2: Right, So, you're so that's why shots aren't going at the speed of light. And that's why Jedi are able to block them, because a little bit of precognition and something that's not going the speed of
0: light. What about a lightsaber, then? Is that... Is that actually light, or is that a similar plasma? Yes and no. So, it's a lot of
2: emitters and focusing lenses uh, for it to come through the crystal, and the crystal is, as the Jedi said, when we see uh, Barisofi constructing her first lightsaber under Luminar unduly in the 2003 uh, Tartakovsky Clone Wars, uh, I believe it was the blade is the heart of the Jedi. The crystal is the heart of the blade. Or No, the blade is the heart of the Jedi. The the crystal is the heart of the blade, and the blade is the heart of the... Crystal is the heart (laughs) of the blade. I'm looking up this quote now, I'm sorry. (laughs) The crystal (laughs) is the heart of the blade. The heart is the crystal of the Jedi. The Jedi is the crystal of the Force. The Force is the blade of the heart. All are intertwined. The crystal, the blade, the Jedi, you are
3: one. Hmm.
1: I think that's a perfect spot to to wrap up with our fellow walking, talking Star Wars encyclopedia.
3: (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes, it was very good to hear all the Star Wars trivia and some personal stuff, too. Yes, all over the place tonight. Uh, It was good, whatever it was.
1: No big deal. We, we went, we started with Star Wars and ended with Star Wars. <laughs> Brought it uh, all back around. it all, Brought all, it all back. back around. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick housekeeping. Of course, like always, thank you to Nadia Diaz for the podcast cover art. Her Instagram is at Arthead creations. Uh, that'll be in the description. And of course, thank you to Jensen crawl who made our intro and outro for this podcast. Um, I don't know if he's still working on it, but he did. He does have a demo that is released called uh, Knocking on Doors for the musical Tea Time. And that is on Spotify, iTunes, all the fun music places. And it's also going to be linked in the description. But anyways, uh, thank you so much, Austin, for coming and hanging out with us for a little bit.
2: No um, worries. Don't be afraid to hit that like button, ring the bell, subscribe. <laughs>
0: This is not on YouTube, but...
1: (laughs) It is on YouTube, but not a lot of people listen to it on YouTube. But that's okay! Do what he said anyways. Uh, Follow (laughs) the podcast.
0: Exactly. Hit it.
1: (laughs) right. we will talk to you guys later. Uh, Next episode, it'll just be Malcolm and I, so stay tuned.
0: Yeah, see you there. Bye! Bye.